0: everyone, this is a voice for our time. I am Charlanna Kelly. Not long ago, as I sat in my car at a red light, I noticed that the car in front of me wore a fish emblem on its bumper. The moment I noticed it, the still small voice inside of me said this, not as many people are born again as you think. I have to admit it was a sobering moment. We naturally want to believe the best of every person when we see the markings of christianity we assume those that sport them are true followers of jesus christ not so unfortunately more than 82% of americans say they believe in god yet only 47% regularly attend worship services in churches across this great nation after considering what the holy spirit spoke to my heart that day i remembered what Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty one through 23, he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. From that experience came this understanding. Many, even multitudes, who think they know the Lord and call him by name are far from him. In other words, not every person with a fish emblem on his or her car is God's own. And further, there are many who have never heard the message of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The bottom line is that there is still much work to be done, and many laborers are needed to bring in the harvest. Bold witnesses for Christ are being thrust out in every arena to bring glory to God and speak the truth and love to all who have ears to hear. It doesn't matter what our socioeconomic status is in this nation. God has positioned a set-apart saint at the right place to bring light and truth in Christ to those who live in darkness. There are many faces to those who are in need of Christ. God created every individual on the face of this earth. He breathed life into each person's soul. He loved each one so much that he placed an eternal seed within every heart that will cause them to wonder about life after death and eventually choose their eternal destination. Ecclesiastes 3.11 has established this. God then set us down on earth with a free will to choose our future. A powerful experience I had with God many years ago. I was attending a prayer conference and during one of the sessions, God gave me a vision of a man who was diseased. Obviously suffering from starvation, slumped over a rock, and with no life in his eyes. In my mind's eye, he writhed in pain and gasped for every single breath. I realized that the spirit of this man struggled violently within him for life, but there was none. Immediately, I heard this scripture in my heart The Spirit is indeed willing but the flesh is weak mark 14:38 the spirit within this man was willing to receive life even struggling to find it but his flesh was so sick and hopeless that it was overpowering the spirit within him shaken to my very core i was never the same again never again would i look at people as i had nor would i judge their outward condition It was forever settled in my heart that the spirit within each person is struggling for life, even when the outward condition seems to have it all together or seems determined to sin and live in destruction. From this experience, I learned not to make any assumptions regarding the salvation of another person. I now believe that when we encounter a person in need, no matter what he or she looks like or how he or she is behaving, we should try gently to ask if he knows where he'll spend eternity and try to lead him or her in a relationship with Jesus as Savior and Lord, not trusting in his or her own works, but in the finished work of the cross. My experience also forever changed the way I respond to and care for people, whether saved or unsaved. God established our path and numbered our days before we were ever in our mother's womb. You can find that scripture in Psalm 139. He has a wonderful purpose for each of us, but we will never fulfill that purpose until we submit our lives to Christ and allow the Father to lead us by His Spirit straight into the glorious plan He has. To me, the saddest thing on earth is unfulfilled purpose. God has placed a wealth of treasure within each person to help him or her fulfill the God-given future. Because of this, when I look at people, I see apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. I see the limitless ability of the Spirit to mold and shape them so that they can fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life. I see great potential in each one because God has a plan for every person. On another occasion, while waiting for my car to be detailed, a small boy about three years old came into the establishment and sat across from me. As I watched him intently, the compassion of God began to well up in my spirit. When I prayed for his future, my tears began to flow heavier and heavier. I remember saying to the Lord, no, not here. No, God. But God never considers our location when moving on our hearts to pray. As I allowed the spirit of God to move through me, I remember thinking how hard it is for the Lord to allow even one human being to choose death. This tremendously challenged my heart and my commitment to preach the gospel. As I again realized the great responsibility that we have to reach out to a hurting and lost world, to tell them of a wonderful Savior who died so that they could live, and the wonderful Father who only wants to bless them and do them good all the days of their life. Most people today live in a dry and desolate land. They cry out for peace, but find none. They look for love and happiness, but their hearts are empty. Their lives seem so futile that they can't even begin to understand that they can make different choices and change their future. This great spiritual void transcends every fiber of society. Some of the wealthiest people who seemingly have it all are so morally and spiritually bankrupt that their lives are, by their own admission, meaningless. On the other side of the spectrum, there are people who have lost everything, spouses, children, homes, possessions, and jobs, or perhaps they never had anything to begin with, growing up in despair all search for answers and help from anyone and anything that might seem hopeful. Wandering aimlessly at the gates of hell in a spiritual chaos, blindly waiting for life's next blow. The common thread among them is that somewhere along the way they lost their hope, their drive, their desire. Perhaps they never had it. Or they seemed to have purpose until they obtained everything they thought wealth would bring and discovered that they still felt empty. As I considered these things, I accepted a mandate from God to reach out to those who are hurting and lost and tell them that there is love, peace, and contentment in Christ. I longed to share with them how he fills a void that no amount of money or possessions can ever satisfy, and that Jesus came to give them life and to give it abundantly, according to John 10.10. The kind of life Jesus gives us is described in Matthew 16.25. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This life Jesus was referring to is sozo, sozo life which in the Greek means to save, to preserve, to make whole. I want people to know that this is what he desires for them. I began to visit places where the lost and hurting could be found, prisons, transitional homes, homeless shelters, the streets. I told anyone who would listen about this wonderful Savior who redeemed my life out of the pit and changed me. Since then, I've met just about every type of person imaginable. I've met the rich person who lost it all, the professional who became crack addicted and ended up on the streets turning tricks. I've met teachers, bankers, housewives, mothers, daughters, and sisters who lived in despair. Others have been horribly abused and thrown away like garbage. They are hurt and angry, using substances and violence to try to make their existence bearable. But I have to tell you, there have been many beautiful stories, too. Stories that rise from the ashes of damaged lives when desperate people look to Jesus and he turns their tragedy into triumph. This is what I want for you today. I want you to know that Jesus is for you. He's not against you. That God himself has called you from before the foundations of the earth. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he has a desire to have you in the family of God alongside of him. If you've lost everything because of life, circumstances, or poor choices, I want you to know today that God will restore all. But you must turn to him. You must repent and you must ask him to come into your life, Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. And he will fill you to overflowing and he will take hold of your life and lead and guide you out of the very pit that you may have dug for yourself. You see, I know about those pits. I dug one and lived in one before the Lord delivered me from all Today, I want you to know that I'm here for you, and I desire to pray for you and believe with you and watch with you. If it's regarding your children, regarding your job, regarding your home, regarding your finances, regarding your marriage, it doesn't matter. God will take care of all that concerns you. If this message has been a blessing to you today, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at charlana at charlanakelly.org. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, both by the handle Kelly. You can also take advantage of some free Bible resources at my website, charlanakelly.org. And if you prayed and received Jesus Christ today, I would love to hear from you. I have a free book that I would like to put into your hands to be a blessing to you, to help you reclaim the identity that God has given you in Christ. Oh, friend, he has good things in store for you. So until we meet again, Godspeed and God bless.